Hello and welcome to today's episode of I Hate Your Movie. Before we get on with the show, just want to remind everyone that if you go to patreon.com forward slash I Hate Your Movie for $1 or £1 per month, you get an extra bonus episode every two weeks. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to I Hate... What's the podcast name? Hello <laughs> hello, and welcome to I Hate Your Movie with Dan and Rick. I'm Dan. Here with me is Rick. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> This week was my recommendation. It's the 1982 film, John Carpenter's The Thing, starring Kurt Russell and people. Uh, can I make a prediction? Okay. You didn't absolutely hate this movie. Okay. It's an interesting prediction. My only little thing that I picked up on. Right. Were you watching the movie? Is I stopped it at some point to go toilet break, and then you're like, "Oh, where are they? Almost done." Okay. So I thought at least maybe the pacing worked for you. <laughs> you know, if anything. Maybe. So my one sentence review is a quote by John Hayward, who I went into like a bit of a deep dive. With. <laughs> it seems like a, like a Wikipedia thing where people just stick quotes to him, and it's just absolute nonsense. You know, like, where's the Joker? And it's like, I prefer to be alone. And he's never said that. But this guy is credited with out of sight, out of mind. The more, the merrier. All's well that ends well is all him, apparently. Mm -hmm. His quote was, a hard beginning maketh a good ending. Because I was Googling, like, things that start badly but end well. (laughs) Okay, so you like the ending? Um, Because I thought the opposite. I thought you'd like the beginning. The beginning 10 minutes of this film are pure garbage. Really? Yeah, it's just... It's <laughs> you didn't like the dog running from the helicopter? Yeah, not just the dog running from the helicopter. First of all, land the helicopter mm-hmm. and shoot the dog. Like, what are you trying to do? You have a sniper rifle. Why well, are you... Okay, so let's set this scene up. The movie starts with a very... I don't like how this movie starts. starts a spaceship <coughs> crashing into the Earth. The spaceship, by the way, is the 3D model of the aliens from The Simpsons. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's quite cheesy and it's super unnecessary. Yeah. It's the same with Predator. Predator starts the same way. What's the point? Like, we know. We know by the end of the movie. Like, it it should be more mysterious. You don't need that fucking shot. It's just a waste of money. Yeah, it's a terrible alien spaceship as well. Yeah. It really is like a flying saucer in the most classic version of the word. It looks more spooky on the ground covered in snow. Yeah, so it starts with that, and then we jump ahead in time, where on the North Pole in the 80s, there are some Norwegians, one Norwegian, wait, no, there's two people on the helicopter. Yeah, it's one first. flying, one shooting. Yeah, so two Norwegians are chasing a husky dog, shooting at it, like throwing grenades at it, <laughs> and also, yeah, it looks ridiculous, because why would they do that? Now, I think the reason they don't land is because it's the North Pole, and snow everywhere and you can only land between like clear landing pads pretty much okay because otherwise you just sink into the snow yeah not gonna be able to get up again Mm. okay fair enough yeah (laughs) (laughs) i win so cuts to the them on the helicopter shooting the dog and then it cuts to cut russell he's playing chess the chess wizard (laughs) a whole computer just for chess yeah that he then pours his coffee into yeah which is you know uh, because he lost It's a foreshadowing for the end. 
Yeah, because, you know, equipment's easy to come by in Antarctica. You could just pour coffee over it, it doesn't yeah, matter. It's chess wizard, you know. Dude, people are using that, man. Come <laughs> on. You just ruined that for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> then this is the most ridiculous part of the film. I mean, this is a pretty ridiculous film, but it does it in the right way towards the end. <laughs> this is when he, the guy tries to throw a grenade at the dog, throws his hand back to throw it, and then he drops the grenade, yeah. and it lands next to the helicopter, yeah. exploding it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it's just, a comedy routine. It is. It's a slapstick, weird moment that yeah. just is ridiculous. Yeah, it's silly. I can also make the argument that you know, slippery, icy, windy environment, grenade. Probably be careful. <laughs> He's uh, desperate to kill that dog. Well, then he should have been better. <laughs> so at this point, they've landed, and the dog's running up to the thing. And one, <laughs> one of the guys inside goes up to the window. I think he's got a door next to him. And he goes up to the window. He smashes the window to try and shoot through it. In Antarctica, <laughs> he's smashing windows in his science base. Yeah. The whole thing is stupid. The whole first, like, five, ten minutes of the film is just stupid. It's what people would not do. I don't know. It doesn't stick out to me that much. It felt all pretty natural to me. Because what? that guy... <laughs> that guy... <laughs> that guy is the guy who shoots out the window later on, to be fair. But he's set up to be quite a quick-to-anger kind of guy. Trying to establish his leadership as well. Okay, so... And then, like... The helicopter explodes. The dog comes in. And they're all standing around the helicopter like... Oh, okay. No, it's a helicopter. Yes. Let's, let's go. Let's go go back inside now. That's done. Well, they're investigating <laughs> what the fuck happened because this is weird. But it, no one seems panicked. Like, no one seems like, oh my god, this just happened. It's, it's, a helicopter just exploded outside the complex. They were like, oh yeah, I wonder what that was about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the, you know, this is what's going on? <laughs> it's, uh, average day. <laughs> the whole cast do not seem bothered either, like, as actors or as characters <laughs> by this amazing thing that just happened it does get better from there though i think it starts at a really really low point yeah and then builds up from there crawls up a bit so you didn't absolutely hate it i didn't absolutely hate it i didn't there was a lot of good stuff in it yay so i have a a bit of a fun fact there a lot of the scenes in this film were recorded inside and then outside okay because he was worried that it would just be I think the quote was, a bunch of men talking indoors. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So they filmed a lot of it inside and outside. Either inside, claustrophobic, or outside, it's just white. To kind of yeah, mix it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it makes sense. It's hard to find a visual variety in that place. But, you know, that's what all the special effects are for. It's a bold choice. You want somewhere remote. and Somewhere remote yeah. it would look quite desolate anywhere, but to have, like, white. It's like, it's like, have you watched um, Idiot Abroad with Carl Pilkington? Yeah. And he's standing in, like, I think he might be in Antarctica, and he's like, this is going out in HD. <laughs> <laughs> no point in going out in colour. Might as well be black and white. It's just white everywhere. What's the point in this programme being in HD? It's a waste of time being in colour. It's giving me a headache. It's kind of similar to The Hateful Eight. That's also whites everywhere, and then there's a cabin, and those are the only two locations. So I do have another fact about that, actually. I think you said earlier, the music from The Hateful Eight. Yes. It was the unused music from this film 
that was used in The Hateful Eight. And this film was completely panned by critics and even the composer got kind of like trolled for it. But then his same music for this film went into Hateful Eight and he won an Oscar for it. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Funny thing about the music, it doesn't really sound like his music. No, it's John Carpenter. It, it sounds him. like John yeah. Carpenter music through Ennio Morricone. <laughs> I think he just wanted to work on him because John Carpenter likes westerns. But I really like it. It's as any John Carpenter soundtrack. It's very simple but effective. Mm. I didn't really notice it that much throughout the film, but I think that's probably the point. It's supposed to be yeah. kind of like background, but subconsciously get you into the mood of what yeah, they've Yeah, it helps with the mood for sure. So now they all are sitting around you know just having a meal helicopters still smoking outside but they're not bothered about it it's fine don't worry about it they do try to extinguish the fire why why? (laughs) (laughs) i think at this point kurt russell puts on a giant cowboy hat that he must have got one from a fair at some point (laughs) he had two choices the giant stuffed bunny or the giant looking like inflatable cowboy hat so he's gone yes cowboy hat that's for me so they all sit around and you know have a chat about what's going on this is kind of the character building scenes the characters are not super strong in this movie it's not about them really but you get to know their basic personalities yeah so this is where it starts kind of getting good Mm. this has like a really creepy scene of the dog just walking through just looking at things can i just say best dog actor in the world oh hell yeah that's what i've got unbelievably well-trained dog (laughs) yeah like i don't know what they did that dog looks like is up to something (laughs) 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 you know and the other dogs look fucking terrified in the kennels do you know how they did sound for the kennels that the sound guy so he went around his neighborhood asking to borrow people's dogs and then he put them all in a room and he just stood there like clanging pans and like hitting the light and stuff to make them like freak out and then he recorded it and that's the what's in the film wow uh, here's your dog back yeah. his shaking mess yeah. just in the 80s there wasn't so much uh, <laughs> regulation for animals on set yeah you want to see if there's that thing at the end no animals were harmed yeah. <laughs> Animals were harmed during the making of this film. No Kurt Russell was harmed. (laughs) You can see what the dog is up to. And if I said that to you before the movie, I know you'd be like, no. Eye roll. (laughs) Eye roll, yeah. yeah. But you can totally do. Absolutely. That's what a well-trained dog looks like. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? Creepy scene. Yes, so another thing about this. So there's a shadow on the wall in this one and it kind of tells the dog to come away so john carpenter he didn't get any of the cast to do this he just got some random like sound guy to do it because he didn't want people to figure out who it it was by the shadow yeah because the dog as the thing alien takes someone over we can only see their silhouette yeah so now they fly out to the Norwegian base. Mm-hmm. Cut Russell again, puts his cowboy hat on, takes over the entire cockpit, and they get to <laughs> the Norwegian base, and it's completely destroyed. It's completely burnt yeah. out. It's clearly like someone's torched it to, again, kind of like a bit of a foreshadowing of the end of the film. Yeah. At this point, we're kind of drifting away from the first 10 minutes of Terrible, but it still creeps in a little bit, where the whole base is burnt out, you massive holes in the wall, and they jump out of the helicopter and they're like, anybody here? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, there's nobody there. <laughs> uh, I've got a fun fact about this. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah fun fact. Fun I usually facts. reserve fun facts for you, 
but uh, I've got a fun fact this time. There was a very late prequel to this film in 2011 called The Thing, uh, 2011. Yeah. And that explores what happened to this base. It's terrible. <laughs> and you know what's going to happen because you say it in this movie. <laughs> yeah. um, and the other reason it's terrible is that The Force Awakens hasn't come out. So everyone was pretty much reliant on CGI too much. You know, The Force Awakens kind of brought back puppets and stuff like that. Okay. But this 2011 movie used practical effects and there's videos online and it looks incredible like it looks really really good and then a producer saw it and thought it was silly and they cgi'd it all over it whoa yeah is there not like a cut out there somewhere with like there must be but no one has found it yet okay so that would be the only cool thing to see in that prequel movie but unfortunately it was canned boo yeah boo genuinely looks incredible you see that guy in this the 1982 one his head splits and you can see a video of that on youtube where he's like walks around and looks two ways and looks really good <laughs> no i'd like to see that but no one ever will like mm. The next bit, again, we, we're coming out of silly. There's an axe in the wall. Like, everything else is burnt and on fire. And there's this perfectly pristine axe <laughs> just sitting in the wall. Just to be like, bad stuff happened here. <laughs> but then, like, oh my god. So, this bit I found, like, shocking. Because of how well it was done. And how I didn't expect it to happen. This is where they find the body that's frozen in the ice. Yeah. And the guy's killed himself. And there's, like, blood icicles dripping yeah, down yeah, from yeah, his yeah. wrists. And, like, I don't know why he's got a massive, like, hole in his throat. I feel like it's overkill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is where we get into the incredible special effects. Yeah. This is, like, this and Blade Runner, they hit peak practical effects with this movie and Blade Runner, I think. Blade Runner is more miniatures and sets. Mm-hmm. And this one is, like, yeah, body horror and that kind of effect. So yeah, that was really cool. The whole practical special effects. Yeah, it's a good mood setter as well. Like you see all this destruction. Yeah. And there's like, oh shit, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> and they find this big sarcophagus thing. Oh no, it's not a sarcophagus. It is a block of ice that was carved out and then like drilled into it. And I assume the alien came out. Makes sense. Yeah. Don't they move that though? Doesn't it end up somewhere else? Do they bring it back to the no. lab or something? No, because it's huge. They bring back that body whose face split. That's uh, okay. what they're standing around. Yeah, so again, nitpicky, I know. I know it's nitpicky. It does bug me. Things like this do bug me so much. Doctor is there looking for all the papers, trying to find out. And Kurt Ross is like, we don't have time for papers. we got to get back. And then they find all these dead bodies. And they like go outside and they're like, someone give me a shovel. I've got to bury these dead bodies. <laughs> he didn't have time to look at papers, but you've got time to bury five bodies. Are you a, f- <laughs> you a fucking dick? He also says that it's in Norwegian and no one speaks Norwegian. So there's that. But yeah, that again, just come on. <laughs> Guess that was to kind of set up the, I suppose, like nobility of Kurt Russell. That he's the good man. He finds that people should be buried and, yeah. you know, he's good to people. Yeah, overall kind of <laughs> yeah um i always think of him as um quote-unquote new clint eastwood which okay. is clint eastwood is the cool in the 60s and 70s and for me kurt russell is the same for the 80s and kind of 90s always like de- depicted very similarly i found which is this uh, gruff guy who's good at heart typecast is yeah. the word you're looking for yeah but yeah if it works for him this is the autopsy mm-hmm. now they get the alien back yes and they do the autopsy and oh my god, like, it's so good. 
it's so good. Yes. The, the the effects of this. I think the one thing I would take away from this film is the special effects. It carries the film. Yeah. The acting isn't great. No. The story is pretty thin. Yeah. The thing that carries this film is the special effects. They are quite gory, but it never feels excessive. It yeah. feels kind of natural. Well, okay, yeah, you are looking at an autopsy of an alien. I feel like it is excessive. But it is a good kind of excessive where it's like, whoa. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Almost like going on a ride where like animals split into so many different parts and stuff. And we're like, what? what's going to happen now? You know? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But it never feels like extreme cinema kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, you have these films that they aim to make people like vomit in the cinema. You get all these news stories where you know, oh, three people ran out of the cinema to vomit and one passed out. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. It's not that. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. But you see, like, they peel back layers of flesh and there's, yeah. like, a human face under it or they find human bones. Yeah. And... Wilford Brimley, who's the doctor with the round glasses, <laughs> he goes, Oh! 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 I don't know if you heard that. I was <laughs> imitating it. When I knew what was going on. Because that's my favourite, like, kind of funny moment in the film. He goes, Oh! Because I obviously I have to Google the cast to remember then all their names and stuff. And normally when you Google a cast or something, it's like you see the young versions of the actors. Mm-hmm. And if you Google the cast of the thing, it looks like an old folks home <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, Keith David is the only other one who went on to have a career. Yeah, not a great career, but I really enjoy him as an actor. He's really good. He was in stuff. Yeah. He's one of those people you're like, oh, yeah, I know him. Yeah. And then you Google where you've seen him because you can't remember him yeah. actually. Yeah, but he's really good. Autopsy is happening. Yeah. I think it's the same time as the autopsy is happening. Everything starts to go awry in the dog cage. The alien that was disguised as a dog in the kennels starts killing and taking over all the rest of the dog bodies. Yes. And yeah, this is some of my favorite special effects are in here. When all the people come in, the creature who's just... It becomes like tall and it starts opening up like a flower. Yeah. And then one of the one of the time it keeps opening, it keeps spinning back layers. And one of the time he opens it just like the dog's call just falls out. <laughs> and then just a mouth comes out with like teeth. Yeah, yeah. It's so fucking cool. It is really cool. It is really cool. And there's this really horrible scene where there's there's like a real dog and they've clearly like got a fire hose and they're spraying it with this goo and this dog's clearly in lots of distress. Yeah. <laughs> Add that to the sound effect <laughs> of like a room full of dogs being tortured. Yeah. Pretty um pretty bad <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Next bit again, loving it. Then kind of like a, a horror movie thing comes into play where people start acting like kin idiots. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're absolute morons. So they hear all this commotion mm-hmm. in the dog cage. And then the guy who kind of like looks after the dogs runs to the cage and then just walks in. Doesn't turn on the lights. Doesn't bother like looking to see what's like. Does What a normal person would do, turn on the lights, look in. And if there's nothing wrong, oh, I can see there's nothing wrong there. Or, oh, no, wait, there's a big fucking alien in the middle of the room <laughs> killing things. He was set up to be like a major dog lover, though. But still, you turn on the lights. Mm, it's, sure. It's, it's kicking off. Okay. You know, maybe there's a husky from outside. This kind. Maybe there's the polar bear. Maybe a vicious swarm of penguins has got in. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, you turn on the lights. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he looks in and then something happens. And then he closes the door again. And then he opens it again. 
Yeah. He does it twice. Yeah. Twice people just walk into this completely pitch black room where all the dogs are howling at something. Yeah. He and, doesn't die of that, though. But that's, you know, horror movie. People always act stupid in horror movies. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like this is the regular kind of horror movie stupid, though. I feel like it is set up enough where you could be like, okay, he likes dogs. He likes dogs, so he's going to walk into a pitch black room full of them howling. Yeah. He no. knows the room. He knows, uh, he knows the dogs, most of them. And then they just let loose on the thing. They get guns, flamethrowers. They kill that version of the alien. Right. The flamethrower, kind of. Because then later on, the when they try to take it apart, it comes back. This is where the film also gets good in terms of like plot. It's still a very thin plot, but it's very clever, kind of, how they all start suspecting each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the theme of the movie. That's I'm the theme guy. Distrust, <laughs> who's the secret asshole, and kind of like logic your way through it and hitting all these logical like okay so what is it afraid of how do we find out who's the asshole it's kind of like fun little things and then exploiting that and i have to say i didn't know like um i didn't know i don't know if there's a way to find out no i don't think so uh, i hope not to be fair i hope they did it well enough but... yeah i don't think so because they uh, they had the silhouette of just a random guy i've seen this a lot of times and i was still surprised of who's the alien at what point, for some reason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. It's really well done in that kind of, a lot of films clue people in, clue the audience in. Oh, this person's the, could be, but it might not be, but it could be, but it actually is. <laughs> yeah. It clearly is. Come on, yeah. sort it out. So I was really impressed with that. Yeah. They threw enough characters and enough uh, red herrings, I think, Yeah. that uh, you never sure. On this recent rewatch, I really thought that the, the leader guy who has the gun, I thought he was the alien. Which old man are you really looking at? I have no idea. <laughs> like I said, it's... The one that had a gun. And he's like, he's he's the one who's supposed to be with the gun because he's the leader. Okay, Gary. I thought he was the alien until he put down the gun and gave it to Kurt Russell. I think even after that, I thought he wasn't. Because yeah. uh, I thought that was like a double bluff. Okay. I thought it was Windows. Yeah, he was. Oh, was he? He was. He was the first alien. I think he was that guy who was the silhouette. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you know he wasn't supposed to be called Windows? <laughs> why, why Windows? Uh, because, fun fact, he just turned up for filming one day with sunglasses and he was like everyone call me windows from now on (laughs) (laughs) and John Carpenter was like alright cool (laughs) carry on (laughs) that's hilarious I enjoyed all the people's names they had silly names like windows there was another silly one Childs Childs Dr. Blair Clark Palmer Windows Gary and Knowles when I was reading about the film someone was trying to make the point of like obviously you got McCready he's called Mac yeah. And he has a fight with Windows. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. This is a bit I really didn't feel was necessary. They go and visit the ship. Um, Yeah, it wasn't necessary. Because they didn't do anything with it. I genuinely can't even remember if they go inside. They don't go inside. They just look at it because it's like in a pretty low indent. So it's even dangerous to get to it. I think the only point of that was is for them to realize it's alien. Oh, okay. But yeah, it is pretty unnecessary. Yeah. Again, I feel like that doesn't really matter. 
it's the same as the alien ship yeah. at the start of the I'm, you, I'm the same yeah you could just have it yeah. monster I would say even it would make it better if we didn't know what it is yeah absolutely yeah if it's even like alien or is it something they found in their eyes you know so when did alien come out by the way uh, 70 something I think that's what they were trying to kind of jump yeah. on the back of The when they visit the base it's a very similar scene in the original alien when they visit the that ship where they found the alien eggs Okay, yeah. That was always reminded me of it. Also, this came out the same year as E.T., <laughs> which I know you love. My favourite film. <laughs> well, what's scarier, E.T. or The Thing? It's The Thing. Like, I don't, <laughs> no, I really it's E.T. I don't understand your complete fear of E.T. <laughs> no, E.T. is fucking terrifying. This should have been The Thing. E.T. should have been The Thing. <laughs> just peels back layers and layers yeah. of gore, and then he just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have been even more terrifying. My greedy... <laughs> Yeah, McCreedy go home. McCreedy <laughs> go home. <laughs> episode title. <laughs> I was thinking the episode title should be a swarm of penguins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they go. Uh, how old's the ship? Oh, it must be a hundred thousand years old. Yeah. Okay, but like, I just saw the ship crash. Yeah. In the opening credits. Yeah. So far, I only recommended you films that I think are excellent. This is not. This is like a rough gem. In my opinion. Okay. It's not like so polished, but it's a really good film. I really enjoy it. Like what inspired it was probably Lovecraft. And if they don't even bring up the Italian, it could have been interpreted as a Lovecraftian kind of creature. This was a really interesting bit they called back to. It's one of those things that I normally don't catch at this point where the chef guy, Norwells, comes into the, the where everyone is, throws some clothes in the bin and he's like, Stop putting your dirty drawers in my thing. Mm-hmm. And it turns out at the end that becomes significant. Yeah. And I thought that was a really good moment. And I wondered at that point when I realized that's what it was, if there was other things before that I missed in terms of like a bit of like foreshadowing, mm-hmm. a bit of like someone is an alien. I'm not sure. But yeah, that's a good point. I never considered that. There could be like a few bits leading up to it that are a bit more subtle. Yeah. Now to one of my <laughs> favourite parts of the film. So they're in the lab and the doctor's trying to figure out... Oh, this is one of my favourite as well, but for a bad reason. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. This is the audience is dumb scene. Okay. Yeah, yeah. this is, I have to explain in incruciating detail <laughs> what this is for the audience because they're fucking stupid. Yeah, on a 1980s... <laughs> <laughs> computer and there's, there's this is like this really high tech looking assimilation process they've done the autopsy yeah and they're now well they're, they're assessing it on a computer yeah the doctor is checking the live cells of the deceased corpse that they brought back with them yeah and uh, yeah the computer shows it takes over its host it's like little graphics yeah. ms paint graphics <laughs> <laughs> it's pre-MS Paint. I think MS Paint's given it credit that it doesn't deserve. And then my favourite part of that is, like, it says, Assimilation, 100%! <laughs> and not just that. It's, it's like, Assimilation, chance of Assimilation, 100%. And then it's, like, time till entire world yeah. is infected yeah, yeah. 27,000 hours. Yeah. That is also my favourite dumb part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah it's like 
let's explain to the audience the stakes that we already know. I thought that giving it a kind of like end of the world vibe was mm-hmm. a bit much. I didn't like that. I liked that it was very claustrophobic. And yeah, obviously, if it escapes, yeah, then big, big trouble. They talk about it as well later on okay. that, that we shouldn't let it escape. And, you know, it starts building like a something to escape and we shouldn't let it escape. I think that was more than enough. That was it. Yeah. That puts you, the idea in your head. Absolutely. It's just so funny. <laughs> Assimilation, 100%. And I think maybe like in 1982, because like you say, there wasn't Windows. Yeah. And, you know, I think that probably would be like, oh, wow, technology. <laughs> but looking back, it's just... <laughs> yeah, it's funny to see. I think if that kind of scene would be done now, it'd be more of a microscope shot. Yeah. Of cells taken over. And then, like, da, 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 while he's assessing his computer, the, the body under the tarp on the far side of the room like, yeah. starts moving. While the computer tells him that world domination is imminent. <laughs> yeah. One of them gets a heart attack, and they think it's just a regular heart attack. And he's, Benning is the one who's trying to revive him. And yes. as he pushes down on his chest, yeah. chest opens and bites off his uh, arm. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Oh my god. Fun fact. Yay. They got a guy who's missing his arm just for that little really? few seconds of shot. Wow. Yeah, lots of little care and detail. Put dedication. It. it is, yeah. Nice. So yeah, he dies and they get, this is when the flamethrowers really come into play. Yeah. And they just start burning everything. Yeah. Which is probably the way to go. Yeah, this is also in this scene, lots of, again, special effects happening. Like the guy who was the thing and got the heart attack. As they're burning things, his head comes off. Remember that? Yeah, shot? yeah, his yeah. His head just like droops off, like his necks become liquid and stretchy. And his head pops down. Like one of the best heads I've ever seen. Practical effects. The best, it's the best head you've ever seen. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've been around. Uh, best head prosthetic I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, it looks so good. And it grows like spider legs. Yeah. It starts clawing around. There's a bit where Childs is like, fuck me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he should have been the main guy in this. I was thinking. Yeah. Even though I love Kurt Russell, Keith David has real charm. He's, he's just fun to watch and listen to. He made John Carpenter film a close-up of him saying, fuck me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think this is where Blair starts to freak out. Yeah. And they lock him in a shed. They lock him in the shed. My favorite shot is when they uh, check up on him and there's like a noose there <laughs> just next to him and they're just casually talking. He's <laughs> like, I'm all right. I want to come back. <laughs> and at this point, like, they know shit's going down, but their plan is still, again, it's a horror movie, so you have to give it some pass. Their plan is still to, let's split up and find it. No, you morons. Pair up, make sure you're okay and do it that way. I think they do pair up later in the film, yeah. but at this point, they're like, let's go off in different directions. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> so my note here is that Blair destroys the chopper and tractor and the yeah. communication room after killing the dogs, but it can't be Blair because he's locked in the shed. He's running out and he gets parts for his spaceship that he wants to run away in. Right. Because he is also the thing. Is he? Yeah, that's the very end. Okay. But they go up to his shed... And they realize, oh, he's been stealing the parts of the helicopter and shit. At that point where you are at in your notes, they only think that someone is trying to sabotage things or taking apart the helicopter. And then at this point, the film stops for an advert for Smirnoff. Oh, I don't remember this. (laughs) Where they all just kind of sit around sharing a bottle of Smirnoff and then they put it down, like (laughs) label forward (laughs) in like 
facing the camera. I'm pretty sure it could be like exaggerating, but I'm pretty sure the camera literally just focuses on a small box around this 50cl bottle of Smirnoff with Smirnoff on the label. Was it Smirnoff Ice at least? <laughs> hey, boom boom. <laughs> I don't remember this. You gotta pay for your film somehow that everyone's gonna hate when it comes out. Yep, so after our brief advert for Smirnoff, they go back to Blair. I think this is where yeah. the noose is. <laughs> yeah, I just love that shot. If he's an alien, why is he Why is he doing a noose? It could be that he's playing like the double bluff game, or is he trying to get out that way? Oh, pretending to be dead. No, pretending to harm himself if he doesn't get out. Right. At this point, we get a warning. Watch Clark. Blair's like, watch Clark, because they're, they're all pointing fingers at each other. Now, I really thought Clark was an alien. Yeah. Clark is the dog wrangler. He's a good red herring. Yeah. Because he was the one who was close to the dogs and spent time with the dogs, so he's prime suspect for the first alien takeover. Is this where they do the blood test? I think this is the first idea of the blood test comes into play, yeah. I think they drug them as well. Drug everyone and then take blood from them. Mm, yeah, so they have this like blood test where because they realize that it really doesn't like fire, and it's also they. <laughs> well, they also um, theorize that that body that they brought back with them uh, still had living cells in it. So they think that it's not one whole alien, but it's like tiny little parts that communicate with each other. So basically, if they take blood from someone and they try to harm the blood, the blood will react. If you take a part of it away, it will always try and survive. If you have a, a large body of it, then it has higher brain functions, guess, yeah. whereas the blood would just react yeah. on instinct. Yeah. This is one bad effect in the movie, and it kind of ruins the scene. He heats a wire up with a flamethrower and touches everyone's blood with it. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's a shot where it's like clearly a fake hand. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> going to be the alien because it's going to blow up. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with that because I didn't yeah. notice the fake hand. It, that's one better fact where it looks like it's just a paper mache hand. I didn't notice the paper mache hand. What I did notice was like the snake in a can kind of like. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, it, it's, it's clearly just like something on a spring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Petri dish is like conveniently under the frame. So okay. It's just the guy like <laughs> puppeting, <laughs> doing the Kermit the Frog routine. <laughs> and that did make me jump though. Yeah. Which actually, I'd like to credit this film for overall. The main reason I don't like horror films is jump scares. Mm -hmm. I, it's unnecessary. It's not useful to the plot. You're just pissing me off. Yeah. And this has almost no jump scares in it. Yeah, except this one. Apart from that one. Yeah. Which again, like one or two. Yeah. You know, flavor it in. But it's not like to the effect of being annoying like in modern horror films where literally just in your face. Boogie -doo -boogie -doo -boogie. Yeah. Also, <laughs> my favorite part of the scene is they've tied all the chairs together and the alien appears. Yes. <laughs> yes. And they're all tied to the alien. <laughs> yeah. And there's another part of this which is like kind of lame funny, which is because Kurt Russell has been running his flamethrower on low and heating up the wire, he runs out of frame projects. So he's like, oh, <laughs> fuck, I can't. And so, yeah, he's this alien, the Windows, we find out. This is Windows. So, yeah, his uh, Windows is connected to this chair and I like lifts <laughs> it up and throws the other two around. And the flamethrower doesn't work because of this stupid experiment. <laughs> well, not a stupid experiment, but yeah, they works. could have thought ahead a bit. It's some kind of science station. There's got to be a Bunsen burner somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to run your flamethrower on low modes just to heat up a little wire. Yeah, dumb things happen in this scene, but also it's kind of understandable 
yeah. dumb things. Kurt Russell says at some point he has like a little diary. I think it's around this point where he goes. Goes and records the tape. He records the tape and he says, uh, nobody trusts each other now. Everyone's fucking tired. We've been up for more than 48 hours. So it's kind of understandable that something slipped their minds. Yeah. Nobody trusts each other now. That's kind of like the same scene as the funny cell takeover scene on the computer but for the theme tell the audience this is about trust (laughs) you know (laughs) the trust of everyone is at an all-time low they don't know who's what who's who and all the lights go out i think mccready or someone goes out into the storm to find someone and they find a dead body and they find mccready's jacket yeah they find I forget what that guy was called. The other one with the glasses, who was a bit more nervous. He was the one who was an alien, but he burned himself alive because he didn't want to become the alien. And he just got freaked out. Okay. And that's like, accidentally puts the blame on MacReady because they go out and then MacReady is the only one out and knows and then they think that they killed this guy. Yeah, I thought the implication was the alien somehow burnt this person to make it look like it had been done with a flamethrower to point the finger at MacReady. Maybe. My interpretation was that he killed himself like that. Okay. Because he was always like a nervous little wreck and is like, oh, I don't want to be part of this. I don't want to do this. MacReady gets isolated outside. He goes to his cabin because he left the light off and it's now on. And then you don't see what happens to MacReady this one. And this is a really cool point as well. I really liked the idea of the main character potentially being Mm. an alien and how everyone kind of turns on him because he's banging on the door (laughs) to get back into the research facility (laughs) and nobody wants to let him in and then they finally do let him in and you're kind of thinking okay well maybe maybe he is maybe everyone is (laughs) yeah i don't know what to think anymore (laughs) i thought that was really cool Mm. you really see it like from everyone else's point of view not just kurt russell's yeah which is quite a rare thing to do yeah again very alien like in alien you don't know sigourney weaver is the main character now you do because there's been a franchise Mm. but when uh alien starts all the characters kind of get equal time and so there's not really a main character until the end okay yeah and this is kind of similar as well i mean kurt russell stands out because he's the star but still puts the idea in your head that he might be a baddie we missed the thing with the blood as well because everybody's blood's in a fridge oh yes yeah, everybody's blood's in a fridge and they can use that to test against their current blood and yes. tell the difference. Yes, tell the difference on the supercomputer. Yeah. 1982. <laughs> yes. Uh, but then they... Someone sabotages someone the blood. Someone sabotages the blood. They can still lap that up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think because it's... Yeah. Like, there's there's traces inside the bag of each yeah. one. Like, how much of it do you need? You could make the argument it was tainted. True. Do you think that's a thing people do in, like, the Antarctica? Yes, because... You can't get them to a hospital. Yes. So someone loses a lot of blood. That's why there's a doctor there. Yeah. Um, and they keep lots of medication on stock and everything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because okay. John Carpenter wrote the film as well. Good question. I it don't was know. based on a, a book, like a it's short based story. Based on a book, and it was called Remake. Okay. Uh, there was a 50s movie, The Thing, and it was pretty much one of those um, kind of 50s movies where, you know, they're in the lab and there's a monster. <laughs> Apparently it's John Carpenter's favorite film. Right. And it looks ridiculous. I've only seen clips of it. It looks like any 50s sci-fi film. And it's not like a thing. It's like just a guy in a Frankenstein costume. Anyway, so yeah, it's a remake of that. Okay. But yeah, it just feels like a little thing that whoever wrote the film started looking up 
bases in Antarctica, and they've got to, oh my god, there's they store blood for the people that are there. I can turn that into a thing. Yeah. So yeah. The thing. Hey. <laughs> boom boom. Now they know who's an alien, who's not, apart from Blair mm-hmm. in the shed. So they go to test Blair. And this is where they find the alien ship that he's building. Because, you know, you can make alien spaceships out of 1980s helicopter parts. It was kept vague, but it could have been just something to get him out of Antarctica. It's not necessarily like an entire functioning spaceship. It might have been just like a catapult. No, it had like a a dome and everything. I know, I know. It had a dome. You're not going to fly into space on that thing. He didn't finish it. He didn't finish it. I thought the same. The idea isn't to get off planet. The idea is to get to a populated area. So he's taken apart a helicopter to build himself an alien spaceship so he can leave Antarctica. So yeah, they they find this alien spaceship. This is where they kind of decide that they're going to die anyway. Yeah, they're going to burn the place down. Yeah, just burn everything down. Yeah. And make sure it doesn't get off this. Place. Yeah, so I think one of them turns to the other and they're like, it's time to warm things up in here. <laughs> yeah. This is where they start completely wrecking the place. They drive a plow through a wall. Yeah. <laughs> Just take a freaking flamethrower to everything. Because I think there's three of them left at this point. Yeah. Childs, McCready. Knowles. Is Knowles still alive at this yeah, point? Yeah, Knowles, yeah. And... and Gary. So yeah. Childs is kind of isolated back in the base and then it's McCready, Gary and Knowles who are going around blowing everything up and they are down in the basement kind of whatever area cave area of yeah. the place and they're with, trying with the to pipes. Yeah, they're trying to uh, blow up everything with TNT. Yeah, and again they split up. <sighs> and obviously that means Blair can come and kill one of them and blah blah blah. blah, blah. That's a cool scene where he's like, oh, I'm not blended in already." So he's just acts like an alien. Mm. And there's a cool acting moment. Dead eyes and starts shrieking. I actually had a note of somewhere of Kurt Russell acting well. Ooh. <laughs> so this is when the alien, the big alien, comes out and it's kind of a hundred different pieces and yeah. he's all over the... It starts with a bad special effect, unfortunately. That oh, was really? stuck out to me. Yeah, McCree is just running up or something. And then the alien comes out with like tentacles. Mm-hmm. That's stop motion. And it always looks stop motion. And it just sticks out a bit. But the other puppeteering looks so much better. The big puppet that they have at the end took 50 people to operate. <laughs> wow. Which is very impressive. Yeah. Again, props to the special effects guys. Did you know the special effects were created by a guy called Rob Bottin? Okay. And he was only 22 years old Whoa. when he started this project. Talk about hitting your uh, <laughs> hitting your peak early. <laughs> I'm scared to do any more research because I feel like it would just be John Bottin did the thing and then died. Yeah. Died anonymously mm-hmm. in a ditch somewhere. He definitely deserves some credit. This is like one of the best... Special effects movies ever. For sure. Like, just... You're saying that because really something. Because you really don't like all special effects. Agreed. Yeah, I really don't. I think most of the time they just look terrible. And this looks very well done start to finish. Mm. Obviously, there are some moments in there where... Yeah, little bits. Little bits. And this is my Kurt Russell good acting... Okay. That one time. He looks genuinely scared. Okay. Yeah. I think he's good throughout. One moment that sticks out to me is acting where he's... uh, Because he always plays this, like, macho guy in this. Like, I'm going to take charge. This and this and this. But when he comes back 
like fucking freezing um, <laughs> from being outside for two hours. He's like, oh, fucking, what the fuck? <laughs> like, man. He's like, he's really out of the macho man kind of thing. I wonder if they just stuck him into a freezer. And <laughs> <laughs> Probably. It's just like how they've mistreated the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Last point about mistreating the dog. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. So the dog for the, the rest of the film, in the, 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 the really well-trained one, is a different dog to the one you see at the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one running through the snow at the start is, yeah, I compl- know this. is a completely different dog. But to make him look the same, they painted the dog. <laughs> <sighs> it was a different time. <laughs> anyway, back to where we are in the film. Yeah, he looks genuinely scared. It's very yeah. well acted. This is one part of the film I don't like, actually. Oh, really? There's two kinds of ending to this film. I don't like this part of the ending. I feel like it's kind of let down that he just throws the dynamite at the creature and it blows up. Yeah. And what he says is stupid. Oh, my God. I have exactly the same note. Yeah. He says, fuck you, too. Yeah, and fuck you, too, he says. Yeah, which makes no sense. It makes no sense. It's not cool. No. I've written down here, he should have said, because... The last thing that happens with the alien is a dog skull comes out of its chest. Yeah. And he should have said, fetch. <laughs> that would be cool, yeah. Yeah, it needed something cooler, something. And I don't know, like, it's... I feel like the movie is crescendoed up to this point, kind of lame just to throw a dynamite at it, and that's it. Yeah. Unfortunately, but... You need, like, the Terminator-style dropping in molten... Yeah. Molten metal kind something. of... Something. Yeah. I guess Kurt Russell should have sacrificed himself personally, but then we wouldn't have that extra ending, which I do like. Okay. Two people need to survive for the ending ending to occur. You commented on the ending ending, because it's uh, basically just Kurt Russell beaten up, comes up, sits down, drinks booze or something, and then Charles Smell comes off. up. <laughs> Charles comes up as like... Yeah, after being missing for ages. Yeah. Like, where yeah. the fuck was he during this scene? That's the big question. Okay. And you were like, that's the end? Yeah. That's great. Just look at each other as like, are you the thing? Are you the thing? And that's how it ends. Again, we bring up Inception all the time. <laughs> Do we? Oh, we sorry, we haven't mentioned Inception this podcast. <laughs> Just to bring up Inception again, as, as tradition. <laughs> the Inception podcast. <laughs> yeah. It is like the spinny thing, is that, is one of them a thing? Okay. You know, that's it. That's the end. It's like supposed to be like, oh shit. And there's like theories of, apparently some people think that Charles doesn't have a breath can't see his breath right but you can see his breath so you know that's theory as out of the way but yeah there's lots of theories it's just meant to be yeah i don't think they would have gone that far into it where they would have masked his breath no. to, yeah i think the rest of the film doesn't tell you who is and who isn't yeah. for them to start giving you clues at the end of the film yeah i do have a fun fact about breath okay the breath in the film before the start of every scene kurt russell would smoke Mm-hmm. So he would like really inhale on a cigarette and then throw it away. And then, so the first thing he said in the scene, you'd see his breath more. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I thought they were just in a cold place. Like, oh, they are. To scene. Yeah, yeah. They actually chilled the sets. Okay. Yeah, that's one of those extra effort things that only like good directors. Yeah. The Exorcist does the same thing. Hateful Eight again. So that's the end of the film. They sit there and they look at each other and they, I think they say to each other, let's wait here and see what happens. That's not an ending. It is. It's the Inception ending. Mm. Is the is it or is it not? 
Yeah. People are going to think Inception is like the best movie. Oh, ever. God, yeah. We have to, at some point, we have to do a whole episode on the fact that we don't actually like Inception. It's not a particularly. I like Inception, but I don't think it's anything special. No, it's not. It's, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. Because this film did so badly, I guess maybe I'm like a little bit cynical because everything these days is set up for a sequel. Mm-hmm. You literally cannot have the end of something because then you can't build a franchise on it. I thought it was that. I thought it was a setup for the thing, uh, too. Oh, okay. No, I don't think it was that. I think it was just, we told the story. It's meant to leave you with this uneasy feeling. Yeah, the thing. You liked it, even though I wasn't sure about it. Yeah, like I said, an incredibly rocky start. (laughs) Because I went in, obviously, horror film, number one. Film from the 80s, number two. Not particularly fine actors, number three. I went in with such a low bar of expectations. (laughs) And then the first ten minutes of the film just set me on this kind of like, (laughs) oh my fucking god, this is going to be shit. And then kind of built up from there. I think I started so low (laughs) in my expectations that it surpassed them. My hope was that, because you liked Annihilation, and Annihilation is a very similar movie to me. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, I I hope that that. you, you get the same vibes from it. I'm going to make you rate it, because you make me rate it all the time. Yeah? Yeah. I'm going to go 6 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> the first natural, <laughs> not overcorrecting success. I'm not sure I would recommend it to people, but it's certainly a film I didn't hate. This is one of those films that has really bad reviews, and I don't get it why. Well, it's got a bit of a cult following now. People like it now. But when it came out, it was kind of seen as half alien ripoff half you know because et had just come out and people wanted to see like the positive fun side of aliens maybe yeah and it was just a very different film to what people kind of expected Mm -hmm. that's unfortunate they changed the tagline they added a second tagline to the poster Mm -hmm. to be something along the lines of like your friendly alien (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's to rip off alien it was like a real alien horror or something like that they put the word alien in it i thought it's gonna be in antarctica no one can hear you scream like an alien in space no one can hear you scream excellent what's your recommendation what's my recommendation i did loads as you can tell because with all of my fun facts i did loads of research into this film there was loads of really cool interesting stuff and because of that i forgot to (laughs) to pick the next film i i do have a list though so Mm -hmm. i'm just going to pick one off of the list and we are going to watch none of those we're going to watch atomic blonde Okay, you said a few good things about that one. I have spoken about Atomic Blonde a few times and I'm interested to see if you enjoy it. I think you will have some things to say. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Right, well, that is it. That's it from us today. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed listening. Don't forget that our Patreon is £1 slash $1 per month and you get loads of cool extra stuff. Yeah, patreon.com slash I hate your movie. Yes, and please like share and subscribe yeah all the links are below we're also working on a board game called singularity hacks you can check that as well all links are below thank you very much thank you